You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, Brother Tony. Thank you, Ben, for doing the questions. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, if you won a prize tonight, can you raise it up just so we can see who won what? So we got candy bar, candy bar. What else we got? We got corn. Hold that up high, Miss Jen. Be proud of that. Amen. Where's, where's the cantaloupe bread, Jim? It probably rolled around. <laughs> Amen. All right. Amen. Can we turn in our Bibles tonight? Ruth chapter 1. And it's going to be a continuation from this morning's message. I got much scripture to go through, and I want to um, um, go through it as quickly as possible, but to not uh, take lightly the Word of God. Amen. Ruth chapter 1, but also Leviticus chapter 19. We'll be doing a lot of reading, but most of it will be in Ruth. Amen. That sure looks nice. Miss Aaron, did you do that one tonight? That looks wonderful. Amen. Ruth chapter 1, verse 19, and we'll continue right where we were. Isn't that crazy, Rachel? Just a few weeks ago, Miss Aaron was playing piano, and you were in the sound booth. Rachel said to me just the other day, she goes, you know, our chairs are really comfortable. She never gets to sit in them. (laughs) Amen. Ruth chapter 1, verse 19, we'll get right into the message. So they went until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, is this Naomi? I mean, it's been 10 years. And they all came around, is 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 that Naomi? Jump to verse 22. So Naomi returned, and, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. They came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. So Naomi, and, and, and you say, Pastor, you're, miss, you're skipping some things. I know I can't hit every part of the story. There's so much there. Uh, as I was preparing this message the last few days, it was um, I just find a stopping point this morning. There's just so much information. Amen. But uh, no. Miss Naomi, she goes back to her home in Bethlehem as, uh, 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 as one daughter-in-law goes back to uh, Moab serving the other gods. But Ruth clave unto Naomi to go back to uh, Bethlehem, Judah. Amen. Um, Brother Zalaz, would you open this message in a word of prayer, sir? You know, I've always said, I've always, always said, Sunday nights are my favorite service of all the week. I just what it is, and I don't know, maybe it used to be because I used to try to get a nap in or so relaxing or I wasn't running from a job or coming from work or getting up really early. It just Sunday nights were always the most relaxing. But also it was, uh, you, you're meeting, it's kind of like the Wednesday night crowd. And, and as a whole, most people that are here Sunday morning are at the rest of the services as a whole. It's not like that everywhere. <clears throat> Uh, a lot of times your Sunday night crowd is less than Sunday morning crowd. Your Wednesday night crowd is even less than the Sunday night crowd. Amen. We got a pretty good consistency here overall. Amen. <clears throat> but the Sunday night crowd especially, uh, they're here because they want to serve the Lord. They want to worship. And I just love the camaraderie and the spirit that we have on a Sunday night. Amen. 
Miss um, Darla might be bitter at Jennifer for getting the corn on the cob. Uh, but yet we can still have a good spirit in worship. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Chapter 2, verse 2, Ruth, chapter 2, verse 2. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go now to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. She said she wanted to glean ears of corn. I looked at the word gleaning, if anybody didn't know. A gleaning is the act of collecting leftover crops from farmers' fields after they've been commercially harvested uh, or on the fields where it is not economically profitable to harvest. It's getting the leftovers that, that, that the, the workers didn't get. This shows, number one, the humility of Ruth. The humility of Ruth. Keep your place in Ruth, but also turn to Leviticus chapter 19, verse 9. 19, verse 9. Leviticus 19, 9. Amen. God told Moses when he gave the Levitical law that the leftovers of the field were the, for the poor and needy. That's on purpose. <clears throat> Leviticus 19.9 says, And when ye reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field. Neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest. And thou shalt not glean thy vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard. Thou shalt leave them for the poor and stranger. I am the Lord your God. We think that we've come so far as a society that we brilliantly came up with the welfare system. That's not some great, grandioso new thing. God had a system set in place long before we ever, America was ever to be. Amen. God set it up, you know, point this out and move on, but God set it up to where the poor and needy and the widows could still have crops and harvests that they could glean from. But it didn't mean that you just didn't do nothing for them. Our, our, our judicial systems are awesome if people were just honest and truthful. But our welfare system is so awful because people take advantage of it. And they'll say, I'm not going to. I know a guy that he, he and, and I, there's people that are on it for various reasons, legit so. And I'm, I don't hold that against anybody. I had a carpenter buddy that had major, I think it was back issues. And he was on some sort of welfare. Well, he, he went, the church was doing a big project. And he went out there and he brought his nail bags to help for this one time. He was there for two days, not even full days. Well, some caseworker came and busted him. He, he, was, he really just came out to help on a project, you know. Anyways, I'm getting on a rabbit trail there. But we think we have this welfare system like we're so brilliant, but God really set things in place long, long ago, long, long ago. So for Ruth to glean, uh, to, so, so, so for Ruth to go to the field and glean, that was... A complete act of humility. Because she had to abase herself to do that. But it was also showed selflessness as she was helping out Miss Naomi in the biggest way. So number one, we see the humility of Ruth. Number two, we see the work ethic of Ruth. Miss Ruth, she could have complained and she could have said, woe is me. And decided not to uh, get up and work through her loss. But she humbly gleaned. And worked hard in the hot field just so she might have some food for her and her mother-in-law to survive on. Back to our text, look at verse 3. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. Now I read this and I had no idea what that meant. 
That is some old language. Her hap was to light on a part of the field. <laughs> it kind of sounded like she specifically chose to go to the field of Boaz. That's really what my first impression was. Like, oh, she somehow knew that was Boaz. She thought, I'm going to try to go there. And maybe that'll but that's, that's not the case. That's not the case at all. Uh, her hap was to light uh, on was a term meant it was by chance that she came to. As in by chance, she came to the field belonging to Boaz. Look, church, we know that that wasn't an accident. God orchestrated things. And to each and every believer who loves the Lord, God orchestrates things. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God was with Ruth. She didn't just happen to, uh, what's the term? She didn't just, her hap was to light on a part of the field that Boaz owned. She thought that, but no, no, no. God had a plan all along. He said, I'm going to use that Ruth, amen, in a special way. And he set things in order for her to go to that field, amen. God was with Ruth, Ruth, Ruth chapter 2, verse 4. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant, that was set over the reapers. Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean. Uh, this is what the, the, the reapers are telling Boaz. I had to read this a couple of times because it sounded like she said this right there. No, this is what the reapers are saying, she said. Because Boaz is having a conversation with the reapers. And the reapers are now telling Boaz this in verse 7. The reaper said, and she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a, it, it, that she tarried a little in the house. He's saying, man, uh, 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 here comes Boaz saying, good morning, boys. The Lord bless you. Uh, everything, and isn't it wonderful that you can be in a place and work in a place where you can say, good morning, boys. The Lord bless you. Amen for that. There are a bunch of people that love the Lord working together. But he's saying, hey, uh, how's things going today? And, and he- hello, who is that damsel over there? Basically what happened. And the reaper's like, well, actually, she's been working hard all day. She's been out here all day. She asked if it was okay if she could glean from the, the, the crops. And in fact, Boaz, she only took a little break in the house. They're telling him she's a hard worker. She's not lazy. Here we see in our test that Ruth has worked all day from early morning, and she's only tarried a little in the house. She took a short break. But her humility and her work ethic are evident among the people in the field. And now Boaz is taking notice of this. Look at chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 8. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Uh, go not to glean in another field, neither go from thence, but abide here uh, fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be in the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Ha- have I not charged the young men that I should not touch, uh, that they should not touch thee? And when thou uh, art a thirst, go into the vessels and drink that which the young men have drawn. Verse 10, Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, uh, why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said to her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done to my mother in law since uh, the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left 
and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime, come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the rapers, and he reached her, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed and left. In the following verses, Boaz, he takes special care of Ruth, to which she's humbly thankful, of course. Then Ruth goes home at the end of the day to tell Naomi. Trying to get through a lot here, so bear with me if I'm going too fast. In chapter 1, we see the whole setup of the story. We were really there this morning. Chapter 1 is the setup of the story. Chapter 2, we see how Boaz is now taking notice of her. He, he's taking notice of the character of Ruth. Boy, isn't that important to have a good work ethic? That's, that goes a long way. Our character sure is important. Number 2, uh, 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 he shows kindness by giving her more to glean on and as well as letting her drink from what the workers are drinking from. He's just showing her absolute kindness. In chapter 3, we find, and we're going to find that Naomi is excited to hear that Ruth has found favor with Boaz and then instructs Ruth on what to do. And Naomi essentially tells Ruth to clean yourself up and go where he's sleeping, lay down at his feet, to which Ruth humbly and obediently obeys. Let's pick up our story. Ruth chapter 3, verse 8. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself. <clears throat> and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. That phrase sounds funny in today's culture. There's nothing bad about that phrase. It sounds funny. It doesn't sound right if we were to say that today. But, but back then, anything below the, the, the waist was considered a, a, um, a skirt, even the bottom of a robe. But more importantly is a phrase that meant, put me under your authority. She's basically asking him to take her in as his wife, as was the job or the duty of the next of kin in those days to keep the lineage alive. And here's Boaz's reply, chapter 3, verse 11. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. Doesn't that say so much for her character? That's not even the message right now, but I just want to point it out. The character and work ethic and the humility of Ruth. All the people around knew that she was a hard worker, and Boaz took notice of that. It makes me want to just go to work right now and get something done, Brother Tony. Amen. Amen. Verse 12. And now it is true that I am uh, thy near kinsman. Howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. So Boaz... Boaz wants to take care of her, but he also wants to do things the right way. So next morning, Ruth basically returned home with as much barley as she could carry. You could read the story uh, for her, Naomi, uh, courtesy of Boaz, of course. Uh, And Boaz finds this man who's next of kin and explains the situation to him. Now, now bear with me because a lot of information in the next five minutes. Bear with me. I want to get to where we're going. Amen. Chapter 4, verse 3. This is Boaz now. And he said unto the kinsman, Naomi, that has come out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. 
And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. If thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it besides thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said, Boaz, what day thou buyest the field of a hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. So the kinsman declines the offer as he has no interest in having a Moabitess woman for a wife. And they confirmed it with a shoe. Yes, I said they confirmed it with a shoe. I believe Brother Gary Duty wrote a song about that very thing. Amen. Let's read about it. Ruth chapter 4, verse 7. Now, this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing for to confirm all things. A man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor. And this was a testimony in Israel. Isn't that something? I got to thinking about that. I thought, like, who did that for the, the, the how did that start, right? How, who's the first one? And I could just picture two guys out there with a plot of land or something. Like, I'll buy that from you. But how would I know I can take you at your word? He's like, I don't know. Take my sandal. You know, I'm going to walk home with one shoe. But that's just to show you how much I'm serious about it. I don't know. But clearly, Scripture tells us that's what they did in those times. And when they were writing the book of Ruth, uh, it's written as if that's how they used to do it. So even when they wrote it, it seemed like it was older ways. Amen. Amen. Where was I? Um, uh, verse 8. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off a shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malon's for the hand of Naomi, of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren, from the gate of his place. Ye are witnesses this day. A lot of information. I understand that. But if we understand that, ooh, the next part's the best part. Did you know that Boaz is a wonderful picture? Of Jesus Christ. I mean, you want to talk about some typology. There is some typology in these scriptures. Amen. Boaz is a, a wonderful picture of Jesus Christ. And Ruth is a picture of a lost soul that gets saved. Ruth, the lost soul with nowhere to go, with no hope on her own, lays down at the feet of Boaz. Or typology, Jesus. Begging to be put under his authority to be part of the family. We all know Romans 3.23, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Boaz, a picture of Jesus Christ himself, who has everything to offer, who is rich and wealthy, not only agrees to be the head of her household, but he sends her on her way with just as many blessings as she can handle. That just sounds just like my Lord. Not only does he agree to allow me to be put under his authority, but he fills me with just as many blessings that I allow him to carry. I want to carry his... I I, I can only imagine how much she was carrying back to Naomi, probably on her back, you know how they used to do, right? I mean, Christians nowadays, we kind of want want to put it, bless me, Lord, in my pocket. I just take the little bit because that's all that I need, but man... 
Boaz is a wonderful picture of Christ. Turn to Ephesians. Keep your place in. Um, turn to Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two. What a picture of the lost sinner, man, hopeless and helpless. And God says, I'll t- I mean, think of Mephibosheth, probably the greatest salvation typology of all. Lame, can't do nothing on his own, basically worthless. He can't work. He can't go get his food. He can't wash the dishes. He can't do nothing. He can't walk from here to there. Yet he's adopted into the family, sitting at the king's table, man, with all the benefits, with all the promises. It, you know, let's just take it from Mephibosheth's point of view, because that should be our point of view. <laughs> let's just take it from Mephibosheth's point of view. How can we be sitting at the master's table, eating as much as we want at any time we want, enjoying all the blessings, know that we have eternity of blessings in store for us, that we can't even fathom, knowing what our past was. But then to get honorary with the, the keeper of the house, then to think what, to complain about what the meals that you're getting, to complain about anything at all, Mephibosheth had no room to complain. We have no room to complain. I'm thinking Ruth's real happy right about now saying, amen, I get to be put under his authority. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in our sins, that's me, had quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you this morning, Boaz redeems Ruth as Christ has redeemed those who laid themselves at his feet. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, going back just a hair. says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Ruth, man, she would say, I have all these blessings according to the riches of Boaz's grace. As Boaz paid the price and purchased what was once lost, Lord Jesus Christ has purchased us with his blood, redeeming that which was lost, drowning. We were drowning in the bondage of sin with zero hope, nowhere to go. Miss Ruth had no hope. Ephesians 2.12, you're right there, you can read it with me. Ephesians 2.12, that is, that at that time you, you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the, of the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That was Ruth. That was Mephibosheth. That was us before we accepted Christ. Amen. If you're not saved tonight, boy, that'd be the best thing you ever did was that accept Christ as your personal Savior. Woo, it will change your eternity. It'll change your life too, but your eternity is much more important. Ruth had nothing to offer, just like we have nothing to offer Christ. Turn to Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. It'll be our last scripture for tonight. You know, typology is never perfect. It's typology. It's an illustration. Uh, 
Like if I were to give an illustration about work ethic and I were to use Noah as an illustration for work ethic, that just doesn't make sense because you've got to have work ethic first, Noah. To, I'm just kidding. He works very hard. He was in the sun uh, two days straight with me, and, and, and we about killed ourselves. Amen. We were like frying bacon out there. It was hot. It was hot. And he worked hard. He didn't complain. Wyatt was out there with us, too, and he didn't complain once. Amen. But typology is never perfect, just a foreshadowing. It's just an illustration. But I'd like to point something out that I believe is a great typology. Say, well, what about that other kinsman? The one that could have redeemed her, but he didn't. Oh, there's typology for that, too, and I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. In typology, that other kinsman, I believe, represents the law. Romans 8, 3, for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin uh, condemned sin in the flesh. The law does not save. It could never save. James 2, 10 says, for whosoever should keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Ten Commandments was to show that we can't be made righteous under the law. It was to show as a schoolmaster, we, we, can't, we can't match up to that. It's to show that we can't, not to show that we have to. Romans 3.20, Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. There's still people today that believe that people had to keep the law to be saved. Scripture never says that. You're right there in Galatians chapter 2 verse 16. Let's look at that together. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. But by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, but by the works of the law shall no flesh be saved. And we're going to land this plane right now, and this is, I just, the last two messages I'd like to bring to a close right here. And this is awesome. Brother John Chan was getting excited about this this morning. Amen. God used Ruth. And placed her in the lineage of Christ, even though she so didn't deserve it. You say, how could you say that about Ruth? Because I get it. Because we don't deserve it. To be sitting at the table with Christ, to to be part of the same benefit, to be heirs to royalty, we don't deserve it. But God allows Ruth to be part of the lineage of Christ. Boaz and Ruth eventually had a child and named him Obed. Obed eventually had a baby boy, and they named him Jesse. Jesse had a number of sons, and one who was, in their eyes, the least of all. And they shoved him out in the field with all the the sheep to take care of uh, the sheep because shepherds were nobodies. They said, give it to our youngest boy, David. He can be the shepherd boy. Hey, when Samuel comes looking for a king, just leave David out there because he's a nobody. But Ruth was the great-grandmother of David. You know, the one that killed Goliath. You know, the one that, that you know, uh, became king. And that God used in, in, in just amazing ways, miraculous ways. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Can I tell you that Boaz gave his leather shoe to redeem 
Ruth. Who had no hope on her own. And to the world, that was just a shoe. But, 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 but to the, the, the title of Brother Gary's song, to the world, that was just a shoe. But to Ruth, that was a token of his grace. <laughs> what a perspective that she had, amen. It, it was a promise and it was a guarantee that she had been redeemed. God has given us his word to redeem us. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, amen, as we have no hope on our own. And to the world, that's just another leather-bound book. But to the born-again believer who's been redeemed, it's not just a leather-bound book, but it's a token of his grace. token of his grace and mercy of an almighty God that has already paid the price of our sins. And always, all we have to do like Ruth is to accept it. Yeah. All we have to do like Mephibosheth is when whoever's, I don't know who our housekeeper is, whoever's helping us answers the door and says, hey, king wants to see you. All we got to do is say, okay, yeah. accept the call, Amen. There's so much there with Boaz and Ruth. and We could play the woulda, coulda game all day long. I don't know. What was the other sister-in-law's name? Um, Tamar? Am I saying that right? What, what was Ruth's uh, other, sister, other sister-in-law? What was it? Orpah, thank you. Oprah, Oprah amen. <laughs> Take his cantaloupe away, Noah. <laughs> amen. <clears throat> we could play coulda, woulda all day long. <coughs> but what would have happened if Orpah would have went back home and served with Miss Ruth as well? I wonder what blessing she could have been part of for eternity. You know, God might have used her part of the lineage of Christ somehow too. I don't know. But she missed out on a lot of blessings for sure. But man, what a blessing Ruth is. What a blessing Naomi is. Boy, she had character. She had humility. We got a lot in common with Miss Ruth. Let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God, for the token of grace that you gave your people so undeservedly. So undeservedly. I love you, Lord, and I thank you for your word. I pray that you'd move in the next few moments of invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.